0: Hey, it's time for episode two of the Crocheting Through Emotions podcast, and I'm really excited for this one. I'm going to be super transparent with you and share the signs I ignored before I completely burned out last year. I'm hoping this episode will help you become more aware of where you're at mentally so you can learn from my mistakes and avoid your own mental burnout. If any of these signs sound familiar, it's time for you to take back control of your mental health. And my hope is that I can help you get there. Welcome to Crocheting Through Emotions. If you are sick of feeling exhausted, irritable, and paralyzed by overwhelm, I'm here to teach you how creativity and radical self-care will stop you from feeling stuck so you can start living a more fulfilled life. Hey friend, I'm Sigoni, yarn lover, proud introvert, and recovering anxious perfectionist. After many years of struggle, I finally realized mental health is an internal battle only we can fight our way out of. So after a complete mental breakdown, I started focusing on my needs and in the process learned a buttload about myself. Stress is a part of everyday life. The only way out is to live a little more creatively. So grab a crochet hook, a cute journal, and get comfy cozy. It's time to crochet through your emotions. So last year I had a pretty bad mental breakdown and it took me about seven months to get back on my feet and feeling like I could do life again. But before I get into that, I want to tell you something funny about my car and how it's ironically relatable to what happens inside my brain. So when you fill your car up with gas, do you fill it up when it's halfway or when the gas light comes on? For me, It is always when the gas light comes on. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because when I'm driving, my brain is always going. Either I'm overthinking a conversation with a friend where I said something stupid, or I'm telling myself to remember to stop at the post office, or I'm talking to my kids, or I'm listening to a podcast, or just paying attention to all of the other distractions instead of every now and then taking a look at my gas tank. The only time I notice is when the light turns on because it's alerting me. It's like, hey, it's time to put gas in your car because if you don't, you're going to crash or be stranded on the side of the road. (laughs) And when you're stranded on the side of the road, it's much harder to get gas and start driving again versus getting the gas when you need it. And that's the funny part. Not only do I do this with my car, but I do this with my mental health. I am always go, go, go always in a rush, always distracted, always wanting to try something new and different, that I never stop to take a look at my tank. My mental health tank, that is. Most of the time, I don't completely run out of gas, but I'm pretty close to it. Last year, though, I completely ran out, was stranded on the side of the road, metaphorically, and completely lost. I had no idea which road to take in order to move forward, and so I just sat there for a long time. And now it's my turn to ask you if you've ever felt this way. There's always so much to do. Chores around the house, raising humans, work, grocery shopping, meal planning, errands, people to see, places to be. There's the guilt of, I've been spending so much time working that I'm neglecting my family and household duties, or vice versa. Nothing ever feels balanced. One side of the scale is always tipping much further down than the other, and it's a vicious cycle. Now, before I realized I was running out of gas, there were signs telling me I needed to slow down. I just didn't listen to them. So if you feel like you're nearing a burnout, think about the signs your body's showing you. You might notice that you've experienced similar signs that I did, but there could be also some signs that are specific to you that you should watch out for. So let's talk about all the signs that I ignored. The first sign I ignored was just having too much going on. I didn't realize that having a busy schedule was filling me with overwhelm. Lots of people have busy schedules, so I should be fine. At least that's what I told myself. But this busier schedule was new to me. I felt like I never had time to sit down. Both my kids were in separate schools. I was going to a Japanese class three days a week. Japanese homework and tests to study for. We had after-school swim lessons, errands to run, dinners to plan, groceries to get, Plus working on my business, designing new patterns, household chores, pickups, drop-offs. Honestly, it's no wonder I broke down. Do you feel like you have too much going on? If so, is there a way you can pull back on some of the things that you're doing? For me, I should have taken a step back from work or at least lessened the amount of content I was creating while I was taking my Japanese class. It's kind of insane for me to think that I can run a full-time business while also taking a full-time Japanese class. Like I'm trying to learn a different language and that takes a lot of time studying and just mental capacity. So if I lessened the amount of like work that I was doing, I would have had more time to study and actually retain the information instead of feeling guilty when I couldn't get it all done. And that was one of my biggest mistakes. It's impossible to do everything, which is what I was trying to get myself to do. And that's why I started telling myself, I can do anything, but I can't do everything. So keep that one in mind. The second sign of my mental exhaustion was feeling overwhelmed every single day. I didn't realize this was a sign because it just became a part of my life. It was normal for me to feel overwhelmed because, as I said previously, I had a lot going on. But another thing that caused my overwhelm was the clutter in my house. I could never relax because I would look around and see a mess everywhere and it would cause more stress. If you haven't heard the story, we moved to Japan in 2022 into a much smaller house than we had previously. So we just had so much stuff. And I've always had a hard time getting rid of things... I'm just a very sentimental person, (laughs) but it took a lot of time to really get through it all, to find donation centers around here and disposing of certain items and all of that stuff. Eventually, though, we did declutter a bunch and that really helped to reduce my overwhelm in that area. But I was still overwhelmed with every other aspect of my life. The third sign that I ignored was staying up as long as possible because I needed that extra quiet time to myself. My favorite time was nighttime because it was the only time that I had the space to relax and the reason to relax. I didn't feel like I had to do all of these other things. I didn't do anything productive. I just sat and watched TV and scrolled on my phone. I avoided going to sleep because I dreaded waking up and feeling overwhelmed and anxious all over again. And not only was that unhealthy for my mental health, but I wasn't getting the sleep my body needed. The fourth sign I ignored was my anxiety. It was through the roof more so than it has ever been. I would wake up with anxiety. I would freak out over every symptom and then make it worse by going down the Dr. Google rabbit hole. I sometimes would have panic attacks for what felt like no reason, and then I would drive myself mad trying to figure out why, which only made it worse. It was just not good. And again, this was going on for months without me realizing that it was gradually getting worse. The fifth sign was that I would start getting irritable around 2 p.m. I think every single day. And it lasted until bedtime. And this one was infuriating because nothing I could do would stop this annoyance that I had. It caused me to snap easily on my husband or my kids for something that usually wasn't a big deal and almost immediately i would feel horrible and think why did i just say that it was just one of those moods where you didn't know why you were in a funk and could do nothing to get out of it and then you made and then it made you more mad at yourself for not being able to do something about it i hate those moods the sixth sign that i learned what oh sorry not that i learned that i ignored was that i was unable to be productive even when I had nothing else to focus on. So let me explain. I decided to put my youngest in preschool so I would have more time to work during the day without feeling guilty that I wasn't spending enough time for him with him. And, I mean, I don't have to explain this, but I put him in a Japanese preschool. I thought that would be great for him. He would be around other kids and he would learn Japanese and... All these fun things. Of course, I had to give myself all these reasons why it was okay that I was putting him in preschool. Anyways, clearly you can already see my mom guilt. But even when he was at school, I would sit in front of my computer and I would drive myself bonkers trying to figure out what I should be doing. And then I would just sit on the couch in silence, wasting time. And of course, that made me even more upset. I just had no structure whatsoever. And it didn't help that I pushed that Japanese class on myself when I should have taken the time to getting used to having the house to myself instead. So I put my son in daycare or not daycare, preschool so that I could work more. But instead of working more, I signed up for a Japanese class. And that just goes to show that my mind is always all over the place. I am the worst at prioritizing. The seventh sign was losing my crojo, which is also known as my motivation to crochet. And remember that crochet is what I used initially to relieve my stress and anxiety. And at this point, it was only causing it because it was now my job. So I had no desire to crochet. I didn't have the energy to even think about starting a new project. And it gave me a headache when I would try. I just had no desire. And because of that, I had no creative outlet. And without a creative outlet, I had no way to calm my nerves. And so I feel like that made a huge impact on my mental health. But I'll talk more about losing my crojo in the next episode too. So make sure that you stick around to hear that one. Number eight, uh, I just felt lost. Like I didn't know who I was anymore. And I was always, if you haven't, you know, noticed at this point, I was always angry at myself. And you can probably tell by now that everything I was going through, all of these signs were completely internal. I was constantly mad at myself, putting myself down, telling myself I was lazy and disorganized, that I could never do anything right. And I just started to feel depressed again. And I was so ashamed of that because I know I'm very blessed. I have the best kids, the best husband I could ever ask for. I love my family. I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity to live in another country and to be in good health and to have friends and a roof over my head. These are all the things I kept telling myself to be grateful for, but I still felt like there was something missing, like I wasn't living to my full potential. The ninth sign that I noticed was I started complaining all the time. My poor husband, he always listens to me and lets me vent about anything. I don't know how he put up with me during that time, but I would just complain about the house, about my mood swings, my overwhelm, pretty much everything I've already shared with you. And one day I was complaining about my work and that leads me into the next sign that I had been ignoring. So the 10th sign is I just had no motivation for work anymore or for for my blogging business, my YouTube and things like that. I wasn't having fun. I wasn't creating what I wanted to create. I was taking requests and doing what I thought would drive traffic or trying to keep up with all the new things on social media like creating reels and content for a thousand different platforms. I just, it just made me dread work in general. I didn't want to create videos anymore, but I knew people wanted them. So I put all this pressure on myself, which made me dread work in general. I wasn't crocheting, so I obviously wasn't designing, And basically, I just wasn't happy with my work anymore. I think this is why I felt like there was something missing. It wasn't my life that something was missing. I just felt like I wasn't in the right space. Like my work wasn't something I was passionate about anymore. Like I was talking about the wrong thing, which is why I started this podcast and I'm able to talk more about my passion, which is still crochet but more so about the mental health aspect so anyway back to work i had no motivation only dread and the day i was complaining about all this i think my husband was tired of it this day because he had this huge heart to heart with me first he told me to work quit working altogether and i'm glad he said that because i realized i didn't want to quit i just needed to take a step back i needed to remember why i started my business what I needed to change, and what I wanted to start doing moving forward. I wanted to get back to feeling passionate about the things that I was creating and sharing with the world. And he also reminded me why I learned how to crochet in the first place, which was to reduce my stress, not to add to it. So that was the conversation that led me to taking this seven month break from blogging and creating any sort of content. And now we're on 11. My fear and anxiety kept me from leaving the house. That was the 11th sign that I ignored. I have the rare opportunity of living in another country. So this may not be exactly the same for you, but it could be to some degree. So I became afraid of trying new things. I was stuck in my comfort zone. Living in Japan has its unique struggles like learning the language, exploring new places, learning new customs, shopping at Japanese grocery stores, which is really difficult for me, but I just stopped trying. I let my fear keep me from going to the dang convenience store. And that's when I realized I was being ridiculous. So that's honestly where I started. I would tell myself to stop somewhere new once a week so I could get used to getting back into the world and interacting with new people regardless of the language barrier. What is is the worst that could happen? The thing with fear is you have to push through it. The only way you won't be afraid is if you just do it. And that isn't to say that it's easy. Because again, I couldn't even go to the convenience store. But the fact that I let that fear keep me from going out was really frustrating to me especially since I used to be so independent and self-sufficient. Now, the 12th and final sign that I ignored at first, but it didn't go on for very long until I realized that this was a true problem, I would cry at night when everyone was sleeping. And this was, like I said, towards the end of my mental breakdown, Actually, it might have been the next day that I realized I needed to do something about it because while I was crying in the middle of the night, my husband woke up and he's like, what is wrong? And I couldn't even really tell him. I just sat there and cried and said I was tired of feeling overwhelmed. It's really hard to be in that place where you can't explain how you feel, especially when the other person desperately wants to help you, but there's nothing that they can do because it's all on you. And so when I explained that to him and I realized that this was a true problem, that's when I realized that I was the only one who could fix myself, who could make myself feel better. I just needed to do something about it instead of sitting back and letting it happen to me. So that was an insane amount of signs that I ignored. And Now that I'm thinking about these things, it's a little crazy that I didn't see my burnout coming. I was in a constant state of overwhelm, mental exhaustion, anxious thinking. I was irritable, always mad or annoyed at myself. I had no patience and was just tired of feeling out of control. And for most people, you would think these are pretty obvious symptoms. But when it's you, you don't see them as clearly as you would if you saw it on someone else. My husband did see it in me, and he tried to help. But again, when it's you, you tell everyone you're fine, and you don't need help because you can handle it, especially if you're someone who's always been independent and hates asking for help. So even though my husband saw it, I didn't. And unfortunately, you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped, or doesn't see that they need help. And if you know someone who you've tried to help through this, but they haven't seen it in themselves yet, send them this episode. It might help them see what they couldn't see before. Eventually, I did see these signs, and I started making changes. And one of the most important things that I learned, I mentioned this earlier, is that we can do anything, but we can't do everything. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay that I'm still learning how to get my life together. It's okay that I'm not perfect. I can learn from my mistakes, and I can make changes one step at a time. And that's what I did those next seven months. And if you want to know the exact steps I took, you'll have to listen to episode three. But before you go, I want you to think about the signs your body's showing you. Are you experiencing any of the same signs I was ignoring? Have you noticed any other signs of burnout? If you're feeling overwhelmed right now, I want you to grab a notebook or just a blank sheet of paper and write down everything that's on your mind and see how you feel afterward. Sometimes when we write, it helps us think more clearly, and you might even work out the solution to your problem as you write. And I'll talk a little bit more about this journaling technique in the next episode. So I will see you there. Hey, before you go, if this podcast inspired, motivated, or encouraged you in some way, I would love for you to leave me a written review. That is the number one way you can thank me, and I love hearing from you come connect with me over on Instagram. And always remember, you can do anything, but you cannot do everything. Talk soon.